When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. You know, we're your partners, wine, crime, time. We're in your ears. I know. Anything new with you, Danny? Anything new with moi. Like, I feel this month has been a month of nothing new, which I'm grateful for because June was a lot of traveling and August will be a lot of traveling. So I'm leaning into a chill July. I love that. Wait, but weren't you just with the Real Housewives of New York? Yes, I was with them. And none of those ladies are, um, well, I did tell them, I was like, I love one of you first start out because like, we don't know if any of you guys have done crimes yet. And she did. LOL. Exactly. I mean, who knows? So we'll see. But they were fun. They were glamorous. It was at the Rainbow Room at NBC, which was on like a 64th floor, which I didn't know floors go up that high. Wow, me either. And I'm also afraid of heights, so I didn't. Um, everyone's like, look at the view. I'm like, I'm I trust it. I was like, <laughs> I've seen New York. I've seen New York. Um, no, but it was a fun vibe. That's Tony so Danza funny. was there. What? I don't know why. All I wanted to do was go up to him and be like, Che Pasa. Yeah. Of, and just like that. But I resisted. Oh my God. Wow. Well, that is amazing. I feel like I don't have any exciting updates yet, but I will probably after next week. So Ooh, okay, yes, I know that. Okay, wait. Also, wait. Um, like, your I feel like your glasses deserve an update because they are so good. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Yes, I got them. They're not. They're not the most comfortable, but you know what? Beauty oh, is pain. That's <laughs> that. Uh, that should have been a given when I'm like, they look so fucking cool. Of course. Thank me. you. Oh my but gosh, maybe they'll you. you'll they'll ease into you know. That's why yes. I say whenever I have shoes that are uncomfortable, I'm like, my feet will force them to that's, be comfy. That's what I think. I'm like, I'll, I'll, uh, what do you- Break them in. Break them in. You break them in. That's what I'm doing. So without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. We, I, I don't even know how to, I feel like I should give her a sort of like boxing ring um, intro. Like she is a prolific scammer. She has many aliases. Um Ooh. I think that's kind of it. She was kind of a bad mom. We'll get into that. Uh, and not like the Mila Kunis movie. Like, actually a bad mom. No. Like, ma'am, this is neglect. Kind of. <laughs> ma'am, this is neglect. Anyways, we are going to once again go back in time. And also, if you have uh, – my one of my friends sent me pictures last week. We covered the Velisca axe murders. One of my friends went to college 30 minutes from that house, apparently, and sent me pictures oh. of the house. And I would say if you guys have any suggestions for uh, episodes or crimes in your town that are very famous, 
DM us now to the true crime on Instagram. A lot of people are doing that. And so I love when you guys send it. It's so helpful. And also I love when we get a show and tell element of it too. If I know. Like, like, cause also I feel like, cause we always look at the local newspapers for all that stuff, but it's like, if you have someone who's like lived there for a few years, you know, like all the stories that get told to you. So you can definitely voice memo your heart out or write it out, whatever. Yes. And also my friend did say that the prevailing theory amongst the town is that Reverend Kelly guy was the murderer. Oh, which I kind of thought too. I I, I do see that as well. The kind of, yeah. So I don't know that this is going to have any theories, but it's a, a very interesting tale. So tale as old as time. It kind of is. So Cassie Chadwick, it is old. It is very old. And scamming is truly a tale as old as time. That is, yeah. It's kind of like one of the, uh, I feel like that's America's first pastime or greatest pastime. Because they always say baseball is. No. scamming. I think you're right. And baseball sometimes is a scam because why am I watching a game that goes so slow for nine hours? That. And and also, why can't I buy a beer after the seventh inning? Oh, is that a thing? Yes. I mean, I know why, but I'm not driving. So I live in New York City. There is this team, and then we'll get into this. Like, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called like the Yellow Bananas. That sounds fake. But they do like, it's like, like <laughs> um, Cirque du Soleil baseball. And it's only what my For You page shows me. And they're so fun. That's so amazing. Fun. Is it like Except the Harlem sure. Globetrotters? Like comedy yes, baseball? baseball? Yes. <laughs> And they just that do like fun. random. It's actually, it's amazing. So shout, that sounds shout great. out to that. So back to America's real first pastime scamming. So Cassie Chadwick was actually born Elizabeth Betty Bigley in October 1857. Um, and she was the fifth of eight. So we're, we've got some middle child energy going Ooh. on. Yeah. And she grew up on a small farm in Ontario. And her dad was a quote, I put things in quotes when I'm like, I don't even really know what this means. Railroad section gang boss. I want to put that on my LinkedIn. For sure, you're just like, you know what? That's one of those things where you're like, well, I'm not going to fight that tight. I'm not going to like question your job because I guess that's just what you do. Yes. So he was named Daniel and her mother, Marianne. And uh, Elizabeth slash Betty lost her hearing in one ear and developed a speech impediment as a child. And as a result, she was a girl of few words and her classmates said she was peculiar, which caused her to become more introverted. And I'm like, that's not, that's just ableism. Like what the hell? Wait, yeah. Anyways, I, I, so one of her sisters, Alice said, Betty would often just sit in silence by herself as if she was in a trance or hypnotized. And it said that she used to read books about successful women and had, quote, too much imagination as a child. Um, sounds like they're just jealous. I like, I'm like, she's just, I'm like, she's, she's reading about successful women. Why is that bad? Sounds like sexism, you know? You're like, oh, these women, they can't be having thoughts. <laughs> right, no, truly. You know what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, God, and she's she has books, and it's about a woman who, uh, you know, knows math. We gotta... Exactly. <laughs> And also sometimes Alice would notice Betty practicing her family members' signatures. Oh, okay. That's when you get a little. Yes. I would practice my mom's signature so I could forge it on math tests because I was really bad at math. Oh. I did it like one or two times. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Uh 
The scam. That's my scam. Um, and I, I made it. I'm a successful adult. A <laughs> successful adult. Yes, I'm doing okay. Betty, not so much. She got into scheming young at 13 or 14. She conned a whole bank. That is a kind of. That's I know when you Billy McFarland was like. I feel. I feel like he was doing some kind of scam in school, but it was so lower level compared to this. So what she did was. She wrote a letter saying one of her uncles had died and left her a small amount of money in his will, brought it to the bank, and they gave her some checks for the money. That's almost like I kind of want to like, I'm like, that's like genius. It is pretty genius. Like, how did she think of doing that? I don't know how she thought of doing that, but I feel like it was so like she made it look convincing enough that they were like, all right, we'll just kind of front you the money, you know, as a almost as a loan. Imagine fronting the money to a 13 year old. But I guess like in 1857. I mean, she probably was already a supervisor at a factory. That's (laughs) literally she's like, I was I'm a railroad section gang boss. Exactly. And she did not stop scamming. She did get caught for this. And they never really do. So according to a book called Cleveland, The Best Kept Secret, she uh, another scam she did was she like got involved with this farm boy. But she, you know, what she did what they say in all dating advice books, which is she refused to put out until he mortgaged his land to get her a diamond ring. Now, guys, it is hot girl summer. Yeah. If you are, if you're in a situation ship, stop yourself and go, would this man mortgage his land for me? Seriously. And if he, if you're like, nah, he doesn't even like pick up the drink some nights. Nah, he waits a day to text back. He's not your man. You gotta go. You're right. No. You're right. We are having a Cassie Chadwick girl summer. Yes, that is it. <laughs> And I'll just uh, list our sources right here because I forgot up top. So we have an article from Smithsonian Magazine, courtesy of Karen Abbott. We have another article called Crime in Cleveland, Cassie Chadwick, colon, the con artist of Millionaire's Row. And then also a chapter from the book by George E. Condon called Cleveland, colon, the best kept secret, which sounds like it would be a tourism that book. Does, but- yeah. But it is definitely not. And I feel like that's the secret is like, no, we have interesting stuff in Cleveland. (laughs) Right. No, guys, stuff is popping here. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So our girl, she has a, a very long, winding road of a life. Yes. And um, her first, you know, baby, you know how you have like a baby's first toolbox? Baby's first scam. 
Well, her first yes. big scam. Her first baby's first scam was the bank. The bank. So this is now like when she like graduated to like, okay, now I actually can put on my big scam pants. And that was in 1879. She splurged on, and this is, I feel, someone else that we, I think the guy who bought the, sold the Eiffel Tower twice. His fancy letterhead was very key for him. Oh, yes. We love a letterhead moment. Yes. Uh, she splurged on some fancy letterhead and drew up some fake uh, letterheads from a fake attorney. So, so much fake all all around town, which we kind of do uh, love to see. And <laughs> she wrote from her attorney to herself claiming that a philanthropist had died and left her $15,000, which just then we always, I always like to do the conversion. A lot of money. Today, $450,000. That is insane. I, like, I, I can't even fathom that. Then she made, I didn't even know, like, like, how do you even get money? Like, like transfer that. Um, then yeah. she made business cards for herself, calling herself Miss Bigley. I do love that. <laughs> Miss Bigley. I love that. Heiress. That's what I love. I'm Miss Bigley. Heiress to 15000 <laughs> This is amazing. Like, should I just start putting my net worth on my business cards? No, because no. it's zero dollars. I do have a request for any people that are because i feel like if you already are doing drag you already have your name but if anybody has been curious or like feeling the urge to jump into drag please if you name yourself miss bigley heiress to fifteen thousand dollars i'll uh well well i'll send you like send me the makeup that you need for it and i'll I'll, oh my god i'll split it with you just if you do a dance and you have to incorporate scam into your performance Honestly, I'm obsessed. What would be like a scammer's, like a scam song? Oh, um, why am I going like Man Down Rihanna? I'm thinking a lot, um, Beautiful Liar, Shakira Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Before He Cheats, very- maybe you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I support this. Uh, Monster Lady Gaga, I feel like that could even work. Okay, there's Very true. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, there's a lot, there's a. There's a lot of levels that can go down there. I feel like there's like, and I wonder if there's even, I feel some artists who probably are famous scammers. So you can even uh, get some stuff going there. Mm. True. From there, you know, she kind of just did her like classic check scam, you know, just kind of a, like she was just like, you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's what I feel like a lot of scammers, they do so well when they're just doing like the classic moves. Like that one guy in his uh, money box. Yes, exactly. Yes, when it's like, you know what? I can do this. I do it well. We're just gonna, we're just gonna have a good time. Yes. Um, she'd go into stores that sold fancy clothing, pick an item, write a check for more than the item cost, and convince the shopkeepers to give her the difference in cash. Which I don't get why they would agree to that because it's like, it's one thing when people do the check kiting stuff when you're doing it virtually right and they're like oh we already wrote the check we already cut it for you blah 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 but i'm like you're here in person you can just write another one right in front of my eyes that's that's what i don't get yeah i don't (laughs) people are and i uh, what's the conversation with that yeah where you're just like hey uh you know can we just like like split the difference i feel like if i worked at store i'd be like no like is that a thing maybe she was like uh you know (laughs) like i just need i need more cash so like this is how she this is what she did for an atm Oh, okay. This is before cash back, you know. <laughs> I think okay, so we could go the little cash back. We we do love that we do have a little deal in that regard. Yeah. And they do it because of her business card. So Miss Bigley, 
heiress of 15,000. They're like, why would you print something on a card if it wasn't true? So pure. Wow. What a time. What a time. It truly, what a time, because it worked also every single time. But then she got arrested. And at this point, though, pause for huh? At this point, she was just 18. That is wild. And she basically just was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm so sorry. Like, she just started crying her eyes out, kind of giving, like, the performance of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And they let her keep the clothes. That is the craziest part. I'm like, what? I, I, I'm like, so she had no repercussions. Literally none. And then flash forward. Oh, my God. This is kind of like, um, how can a person know everything at uh, 19 but nothing at 21, Taylor Swift, except this is 18 and 22. Uh, at 22, she was arrested and tried in Toronto and acted so strangely that her charges were dismissed on the grounds of temporary insanity. Oh, my God. That's a commitment to the craft. That, yes, that is a bit. So from there, she moved to Cleveland to move in with her sister, Alice, who had just gotten married. And she told Alice she was looking for a job at a factory when really she would just spend all day casing Alice's house And, like, making note of what she had in there and how much she thought it was worth. So then she applied for a bank loan using her sister's possessions as collateral, like furniture and silverware and stuff like that. That's not Yeah. This plan got found out. So there are two versions of this. One version is that Alice's husband discovered what was going on and kicked her out. According to George Condon, what happened was the debtors came a-knocking and then the the brother-in-law kicked her ass out. So I don't really know how it came to be, but either way, she got kicked out. Okay. Goodbye, girl. So then she moved to another neighborhood in Cleveland where she met Dr. Wallace S. Springsteen. And I'm just going to quote from Smithsonian Magazine because this is like the part where they go on about her appearance. Mm. And it is so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Although Betty was rather plain with Uh, a tight, unsmiling mouth uh, and a nest of dull brown hair, her eyes had a singular intensity. One newspaper would dub her the lady of the hypnotic eye, and the gentle lisp of her voice seemed to impart a quiet truth to her every word. uh, So she's dragged. Dragged. Completely dragged. Like, uh, your, your honor. (laughs) <laughs> your honor i must I report a murder <laughs> what wow smithsonian really does like to hit some people oh yes that wow is a diss so then she told dr springsteen that she was the heiress to an irish estate and he was like great jackpot so they got married in 1883 and it was printed in the cleveland plain dealer But within a couple of days of that notice, Betty's debtors started knocking once again on the doctor's door and he repaid them, but understandably was not happy. And so they got divorced. The marriage lasted like between seven to 12 days, depending on the source, but not a long time. So, okay. Like, like, it depends if you Shorter than Kim Kardashian's marriage. Wow. Okay. You know, the Dolce Vita lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, so well, at least um, Kim, there's someone out there that you can feel a little bit better with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got divorced. She had she had a doctor for seven to twelve days, but then she, you know, had to kind of like change. I feel a divorce makes people want to be like, okay, I need to do something new, and especially if you're a scammer. So uh, she, Betty, was like, you know what? I have to do more than just move. I need to not just change my city. I have to change my identity. 
I feel that. I get it. You know, sometimes well. you just need a fresh start. And you know, she picked a fun. So then she became Madame Marie Rosa. Ooh. And started living in boarding houses. Okay. Okay. Bohemian. And she went to Erie, Pennsylvania. Random. Where she claimed to be the niece of the Civil War general, William Tushmish Sherman. Okay. I think it's Tecumseh. Well. <laughs> Tecumseh. Okay. I'm like, I remember learning about this guy in history class. Like, I don't remember anything about him, but I remember that name. The he way- was like a very famous... Civil War general, your dad is probably obsessed with him, basically. Okay, guys. All right. So all the history buffs out there, again, New Jersey education. <laughs> William Sherman is not coming to the top of my mind, but he also is not coming to the top of her ancestry.com because she was not related to him at all. No. From there, she pretended to get very sick. And one witness said, through a trick of extracting blood from her gums, she led people to believe she was suffering from a hemorrhage. Ew. Eh? I'm also like, if you're willing to do that, like, uh, just take the money. Like, fine. Also, babe, how much, how many Worthers are you sucking on to have gums that shitty? I know. <laughs> That's so true. Because they're the original, original Worthers. I'm like, I'm sure it was just like tar and like, I don't even know, <laughs> sticks. She's like, ah. I'm like, you could just show people your gums. They'd be like, I don't know what's going on with them. That's so true. Yikes. So people felt bad for her, and she donated money, which she used to go back to Cleveland. Hey, she loves Cleveland. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, it's I can see why this is in a book that seems like it's an advertisement for Cleveland. That someone's like, I'm bleeding out to get back to my home. <laughs> when they wrote to her, being like, I, um, so, so, so that anyway we can get our, our our loan back, they received letters like, Oh, I'm sorry, the old tailor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. So they, <laughs> she just wrote back, guys, Marie's dead. <laughs> and I guess since it was a fake identity, easy to pull off. <laughs> then, I mean, this kind of does make sense. Betty did a little career pivot, claiming to be clairvoyant. She married one of her clients, a farmer, but for a brief period of time. She then, this she really is aspirational. She gets her men. <laughs> she then married C.L. Hoover, a businessman, and they had a son, Emil, who was raised by Betty's family in Canada. She, this is where I'm like, lady, what? I'm also like, now she's I feel like, like, this kid cramps my scamming style. I'm going to send him to Canada. I'm oh, like, fuck. Over the border. I'm like, like, from Cleveland to Canada. What's going on here? Yeah. Hoover died in 1888, and Betty inherited a cool $50,000, which is worth so, so much today, if 15 grand back then was like 450,000, multiply that by a few. Yep. So then she moved to Toledo and became Madame Lydia Devere and still was working as a psychic. Now, that is a good psychic name. I would go That is a Lydia. great name. Lydia Devere. It's in the stars, darling. Oh. <laughs> People believe she had hypnotic powers. I mean, she's got five men like under her roster by now, married her, given her money. I think she does have some hypnotic power. She has the hypnotic eye. <laughs> that's some truth uh, which was apparently popular at the time this could potentially be because around this time in the 1880s physician uh, Joseph Brewer started working with hypnosis and eventually cured one of his patients hysteria it was like a really famous psychology case I think that eventually like just became a whole thing with Freud and 
anyway, so his hypnosis was a huge thing back then. Mm. And millions of people at the time believed spirits could be conjured from the dead. I mean, that's still, I feel, a thing now. Still true. <laughs> and you could explain away a slew of problems because of hypnotism. Adultery, runaway teenagers, a growing problem of young shop girls fleeing with men they met on trains. I do feel like... Like what? There's probably <laughs> um, a lot of people present day, like at this current hour, saying, oh my God, no, I didn't cheat on you. I was hypnotized. Well, that. I feel like it's very... It's almost like satanic panic, but mm-hmm. but hypnosis. It's very just like, yeah, oh, I didn't do that thing. I was hypnotized. It's like Ambien, you know? Oh, I was just That's on Ambien. True. No, I was just hypnotized. I was just, I was, she was like, oh, that wasn't me. Shaggy. Exactly. So that was, uh, I guess that was the excuse at the time. So then Lydia meets a man, Joseph Lamb, who um, probably because he thought she had hypnotic powers – Gave her $10,000 to be his financial advisor, and he also seemed willing to do any favor she asked. Okay. So what did she do? She defrauded him, obviously. Uh, Why does she just never want love? (laughs) You know? I don't know. So she got a promissory note for a few thousand dollars and then forged the signature of a prominent Cleveland resident and then told Lamb to cash it at his bank. Basically, she was like... Oh, I I was given this money and I need you to cash it. My bank is across the state, blah, blah, blah. She always has like unbelievable but good excuses. Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do as a scammer. Your lies have to be believable. That's wrong. So, I mean, he did it. No problems. And then he cashed several more fake notes totaling $40,000. Again, like a fuck ton of money today. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars today. That's insane. So the bank eventually caught on as they tend to do. And they were both arrested and now I can't tell, <laughs> I kind of can't tell if this is like sexism or reverse sexism somehow because the authorities decided that Joseph was Betty's victim because of the hypnosis and they just like let him go totally scot free. Hmm. Now she, however, was convicted of forgery and sentenced to nine and a half years in prison. Ooh, can't hypnosis your way out of that. Apparently not. No, 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 no. And even this is what's really interesting. I'm like, maybe there is something to her claiming to be clairvoyant because even when she was in prison, she like kept up this charade that she was psychic. Okay. And she somehow accurately predicted that the warden would lose $5,000 in a business deal, which he did, and die of cancer, which he also did. That's like, okay, maybe she's not scared. Like, I'm like, a broken clock is right twice a day, but this is very specific. Very, very specific, like the amount and everything. So maybe she was getting some connections to a deeper level. Maybe. Although maybe she's like Dumois, where she would just predict like whatever the fuck, and two of her predictions out of 16,000 happened to come true. That's probably more accurate. Yeah. Okay. So then she started a letter writing campaign to the parole board claiming she was remorseful and would never scam again. So three and a half years into her sentence, it worked. And then Governor William McKinley, who later became president, signed the papers for her to be released. So she got out. I That's kind of, um, you'll never get what you don't ask for. That you is know? so fucking real. You know <laughs> what I mean? You can't just sit around and wait like... Someone's going to notice that this is doing... You got to send those letters, everybody. Oh, my God. I need to have the confidence of, like, an 1800 scammer. 
my life would be so different. <laughs> I probably in so many ways, but I would more confidence would help. Yeah. Um. So now out of prison, she moved back to Cleveland with like a very. I feel this is such a Cleveland name, Cassie L. Hoover. It's true. I'm also like, damn, you really can't take the girl out of Cleveland. This babe, I got a visit. I almost feel like I'm like, what it's am fun. I- yeah, oh, I went been? for my friend's wedding. It's like a, it's like a cute city. Okay, I'm down to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so Cassie L. Hoover, the L stands for, don't worry about it. <laughs> You're going to lose your money. I don't know. You're going to lose it. Yeah, yeah tr- truly. Uh, she married Leroy S. Chadwick, who was a widower and wealthy. Girl, full stop. Like, why did just, just, if he's wealthy, the scam is you got the man. I, I feel the same. Uh, uh, he was from a good family, descended from one of the oldest families in Cleveland, her favorite place. So has a history that really means a lot to her, too. And she got her son to move back to Cleveland, and they both moved into Chadwick's house in this swanky area of the city. She's living long. I'm like, end. Stop. You know? I always feel like if I were to ever scam, I, well, first of all, I'm anxious, so I would know to quit while I was ahead. I know. But they never do. They never do. I'm like, she has a nice home, established man with her 95th name, 95th husband. <laughs> This was a surprise marriage also, and none of Leroy's friends had heard of Cassie until he was like, oh, my wife. (laughs) He just fully bore-ratted them. Right. (laughs) Uh, So rumors swirled about her, but all Leroy would say was that he was suffering from rheumatism in his back, and Cassie gave him an impromptu massage, and he fell in love with her compassion. So that's what we're calling it now? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, let me get that Cleveland compassion. That's <laughs> the next thing. When you go to a massage, you do tread lightly asking for that. Oh, Cleveland compassion got you going. But- hey, it'll end with a ring. So, I don't know. <laughs> Leroy's friends did not love her. I guess they didn't uh, get that treatment. So, <laughs> cue her new plan. She's <laughs> She started a rumor that she was Andrew Carnegie's illegitimate daughter. Uh, this is so this part is so just uh, unbelievable i don't like the way she did this was like again she's a mastermind yeah we gotta t- i i have to tip my hat to this because this is like og guerrilla marketing she's like the only l's i take her is my middle name bitch yeah truly winner so she found this lawyer who she knew was a blabbermouth they went to New York City together. While there, she has him stay in their carriage while she goes into the Carnegie house. And when she comes out, he's like, what was that about? And she's like, oh, I can't tell you. Okay, fine. But you're sworn to secrecy. I'm Andrew's daughter. <laughs> it's so genius because she doesn't spread it. No. Exactly. So it seems legit. And she went into the house and she was, like, talking with the butler for a while, just about some, like, random bullshit. It's so smart. So smart. She also claimed that he sent her either five or seven million. You know when you can't tell between. When the money gets too, the figures get too big, you're like, ah. Oh, eight million? Oh, I don't know. In uh, promissory notes, because he was guilty for abandoning her or something. The lawyer, of course, blabbermouth, going uh, to keep the secret, which was her end game goal. And then she took the promissory notes and stashed them at Wade Park Bank for safekeeping. So now this news spreads to Ohio just like she wanted. And she starts taking out huge loans from banks like 
More on that in a minute. And then she goes on a shopping spree and she was basically just like Ariana Grande. Like, I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. I got it. Yes. Exactly. Never checking the price tag. She's just getting it all. At one point, she literally buys eight pianos to give to her friends as gifts. Uh, You know what? She's a good friend. I don't. But also, I'm also kind of like, what am I going to do with the piano? Seriously. (laughs) I guess everyone has big homes and it's like a grand piano and thing. But I'm like, who's going to play that? Yeah. She's going to tune it. So then on Christmas also, she and Leroy went to a play. And then while they were gone, she basically had people come in. And did you ever watch that show while you were out? Yes. Okay. So she did that on the house and like bought all new furniture, everything. I love it. Um, But then, of course, she was also like the way she was doing this was because she was scamming the banks by borrowing against her future inheritance, which is in quotes. Uh, So it was kind of like actually and I kind of respect that she was just scamming so that she could go on a shopping spree. But also your husband is rich lady. That's what I don't get. Well, that's how, you know, it's for the rush of the deceit. Totally. Like people thought that she was tacky like Leroy's friends thought she was tacky as hell <laughs> and she's like no I'm just rich bitch yeah there's a difference actually sometimes not really but no because she would just be like dripping in diamonds at oh. you know a dinner which I respect but they were just like what is with this lady like they were all it's I don't know it kind of reminds me of great Gatsby when they were like old money new money and she was yes. just like wearing the most ostentatious stuff and they oh. were like Ma'am, this is a lunch. <laughs> I cannot wait to be new money and have people judge me for that. I so want to just walk in head to toe diamonds and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so true. Well, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have the salad and soup at Panera, please. Thank you. Well, how she did this was kind of like a Ponzi scheme, but with loans, sort of. So she would get a loan from one bank and then pay that off with a loan she'd gotten from another bank and like so on and so forth. Hmm. And these loans were like $10,000. And she even convinced the president of Citizens National Bank of Oberlin to give her a $240,000 loan. Oh, my God. Plus $10,000 from his personal account. And this was a point where I was like, okay, like, uh, maybe this is in today's money. And I went back and I was like, no, this is in late 1800s money, $240,000. That's like multi-millions. Yes. And then another guy, a steel mogul in Pittsburgh, gave her $800,000. I don't – I'm so confused. Yep. They, I mean, they thought she was Andrew Carnegie's daughter, and they were like, she'll pay it back. Yeah. Then an investment banker in Boston gave her a $79,000 loan and also cut her a personal check for $25,000. And she – he did this because she agreed to a super high interest rate. So he was thrilled. Sure she did. So he was kind of trying to scam her almost. Yeah, no, literally. But she's like, yeah, 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 I'll sign it. Yes. And this is how she met her downfall was because eventually this Boston businessman realized that Cassie was never going to pay back this loan. So he sued her in Cleveland. Oh. In her home heart place. Yes. So then there were allegations that Cassie was making fake promissory notes and claiming her father was Andrew Carnegie, which she denied, but she was definitely doing. Wait, um, but it's almost smart because it's like the guy spread all those rumors, but I guess she started the rumor. Yeah. 
And her frauds, this is actually wild. Like her frauds literally caused the collapse of the Citizens National Bank. And still the president of the bank visited her in jail and said he wasn't sure if she was a fraud or not. Huh? Like that is, that's how you know she's got the hypnotic eye. She has that Cleveland compassion. <laughs> um, I also love like that she was like, yeah, I collapsed a bank. Just a Tuesday. Yeah, very casual. So then when Cassie was arrested, she said, here I am, an innocent woman hounded into jail while a score of the biggest businessmen in Cleveland would leave town tomorrow if I told all I knew. Yes, I borrowed money, but what of it? I will even admit I did not borrow in a business-like way. I wish now I had followed old rules a little closer, but you can't accuse a poor businesswoman of being a criminal, can you? And the court is like, actually, we can't. Yeah, you're like, "Mm, nice try. Yes. In March 1905, she was found guilty of conspiracy to defraud a national bank and was sentenced to 10 years in prison, and she died in prison in 1907. Damn. But I'm kind of like, you know, she got to enjoy the spoils of her scams for a long time. Yeah. And also just 10 years in prison was a sentence? Oh. Yeah. For like, I think because the total of how much she's, oh, well, we'll get to it at the end. But yeah. she, for the amount that she scammed, 10 years in prison is like nothing. I mean, it's very on par with like Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, yeah, who's getting reduced by the minute. Yeah, and also the way that like she also, the last time she was in prison or in jail, she was just kind of like, be like being her psychic vibe. So yeah. So uh, Leroy Chadwick, meanwhile, fled to Europe when the details of Cassie's scam broke. His mansion, of course, became a tourist attraction as they always seem to do after her trial. But it was demolished in the 1920s. See that. Is unfortunate because that is a house I would tour oh. to look at the ugly ass decorations that she apparently did. And also because now I want to go to Cleveland. I'm like, yeah, let me put something on my docket. <laughs> um, and also major lol moment. Andrew Carnegie <laughs> himself went to the trial and looked at the promissory notes and was like, if anyone had seen this paper and then really believed that I'd drawn it up and signed it, I could hardly have been flattered. <laughs> Why? I have not signed a note in the last 30 years. Oop. That's how you know you're rich. You get people to sign your notes for you? Yes. I like that. He also, this whole scandal could have been avoided if anybody had just asked him. That's so true. <laughs> He's like, hi, guys. I'm here. It's very easy, obviously, to get into my house. Apparently, so. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, when someone asked Carnegie if he was going to go after Chadwick, he said, why should I? Wouldn't you be proud of the fact that your name is good enough for a loan of one point two five? like million dollars, even when somebody else signs it. It is glory enough for me that my name is good, even when I don't sign it. Mrs. Chadwick has shown that my credit is A1. <laughs> that's kind Respect. of a boss move because he lost nothing with this. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, and we still don't know how much she stole, but it's estimated to be around $635,000 then or $16.5 million today. I can't believe only 10 years in prison for that. Like, I holy mean, smokes. And she collapsed a bank. In disbelief. And, like, changed 500 names. Yeah. Almost, I feel like, it collapsed a bank, but I feel like fucked over so many other people that she got, took money from, too. Well, that. And then she was just like, mm, I'm just bad at business, guys. <laughs> so uh, funny. Guys, I'm innocent. But wow. She tried it. I think that was also Jen Shaw's defense, too. Yeah. (laughs) And Elizabeth Holmes, I think. I would have loved, I would love if someone was just like, they're like, what's your, what's your defense? She's like, I I tried it. (laughs) (laughs) I I have no defense. In my defense, I have none. Oh my God. But very, 
what a classic scam girl clairvoyant vibe. Yeah. So that's that. Truly a wild, wild scam from start to finish. Start to finish, yes. So like Sarah said at the top, if you guys have scams like this or crimes like this from your hometown, please let us know because we love it kind of just makes it more fun to like dig into like a random place where, or like a place where something happens and then jumping more into from there. So totally let us know in the Facebook group, not another true crime group. Yes, or DM us on Instagram at not another true crime. And you can follow me on Instagram at Casper Danny, Casper with a K. And you can follow me at Sarah Lameem. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.